Well, I'm going to take a week off from the book of Ephesians to talk about a very important topic, and that's the topic of singlehood. In Ephesians 5, well, that was quite a while ago, we talked about the roles of husbands and wives. Last week, we talked about the role of father primarily and children. What does God expect of children? So today I want to talk about being a single. So let me tell you the story of Maria Hadley. Like many people, Maria had her fill of terrible dates. Discouraged and looking for love, she decided the time had come for her to eliminate her own clearly not adequately discriminating taste from the equation. Instead, as she vowed to date every person who asked her out for an entire year, regardless of circumstances, it would be her year of yes. So here's what she got over the next 12 months. Maria ended up dating most of New York City. A homeless guy who thought he was Jimi Hendrix, a subway conductor, a mommy obsessed millionaire, a woman who asked her to have her baby, a 70 year old salsa dancer, a Colombian cowboy handyman, her high school nemesis, whom she'd been seven years rejecting and the mime who proposed with hand gestures and more. So I'm wondering, is it possible to be single and fulfilled? I'd say the answer to that is yes. There's this famous single person that you might have heard of, Jesus. There are a lot of singles out there. 37% of the population over the age of 18 are single. So it's not a little obscure group. And every one of us in this room was single at one part of our lives. It can be fulfilling. It's not a curse. It can be a gift. At least according to Jesus in Matthew 19:11, look that up. Yeah, like underwear and socks are a gift. You've been listening to the wrong people. Some will tell you being single is only a phase you're going through, like puberty or acne. You'll get through it. Keep your chin up. You know what? Those people suck all the joy out of life. Don't listen to them. You can be fulfilled now. It would be like telling a married couple, you know what? Marriage gets good once you have kids. It doesn't. You can't be thinking someday. The Bible says today is the day the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. Your identity does not depend upon the fact you're married or not married. Your identity is because you're in Christ. Have you ever heard a friend say to you, have I got a date for you? They want to be your matchmaker like you need their help. Just tell them, you know what? I'm very fulfilled in life. Thank you very much. Maybe at Christmas time, your aunt looked at you and said, you're still not married. Or you go to the restaurant And they say, will it be just one? Like they feel sorry for you. Or the hotel clerk who checks you in and looks at you suspiciously like you're going to sneak the rest of your family in later. Well, these words and attitudes are hurtful and unfair. It stinks. Don't let them get you down. The single life can be fulfilling. Perhaps you're thinking, yeah, what does he know about being single? You're right, I'm not an expert on it, but I know someone who is, the Apostle Paul. Now, scholars disagree on Paul's marital status. 
they ask, was Paul ever married? Listen to 1 Corinthians 7, 8. To the unmarried and the widows, I say that it is good for them to remain single as I am. So we know that the Apostle Paul was single by the time he wrote them. Some insist, though, that he must have been previously married because most, if not all, religious Jews of that time were. John the Baptist wasn't. Jesus wasn't. So not every religious Jew was. Paul never mentions a wife in his writings. He mentions his sister, a nephew, and his dad, but never a wife. Others argue that he was a member of the Sanhedrin, the Jewish ruling council. And to be on that council, you had to be married. But that was after Paul's time. There's no proof in Scripture that Paul was married. And we know by the time he wrote to the Corinthians, he was single. In chapter 7 of the book of 1 Corinthians, he lays out his argument on marriage. He's answering questions that the Corinthians church had. Let me just summarize it in one short phrase. Singlehood is desirable, not demanded. I want to give you three advantages to being single and then two commands. We're going to read the passage and then I'll go into some detail. 1 Corinthians 7, 25 to 40. That's our text. Now concerning the betrothed, I have no command from the Lord, but I give my judgment as one who by the Lord's mercy is trustworthy. I think that in view of the present distress, it is good for a person to remain as he is. Are you bound to a wife? Do not seek to be free. Are you free from a wife? Do not seek a wife. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a betrothed woman marries, she has not sinned. Yet those who marry will have worldly troubles, and I would spare you that. This is what I mean, brothers. The appointed time has grown very short. From now on, let those who have wives live as though they had none. And those who mourn as though they were not mourning. And those who rejoice as though they were not rejoicing. And those who buy As though they had no goods and those who deal with the world as though they had no dealings with it. For the present form of this world is passing away. I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife and his interests are divided. And the unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any restraint upon you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. If anyone thinks that he is not behaving properly toward his betrothed, if his passions are strong, and it has to be, let him do as he wishes. Let them marry. It is no sin. But whoever is firmly established in his heart, being under no necessity, but having his desire under control, and has determined this in his heart to keep her as his betrothed, he will do well. So then he who marries his betrothed does well 
And he who refrains from marriage will do even better. A wife is bound to her husband as long as he lives. But if her husband dies, she is free to be married to whom she wishes only in the Lord. Yet in my judgment, she is happier if she remains as she is. And I think that I, too, have the spirit of God. Three advantages Paul gives here for the single person. The first is less worries. We see that in verses 25 through 27. Now, we don't know exactly what the present distress is, perhaps a famine, maybe persecution. But if you're married and hard times are happening, you're obviously going to be concerned about your mate and children. Marrieds have the added stress of another person. Will they leave me? Will they get sick and die on me? We worry about our kids. Will they be healthy? Will they get good grades? Will they get married someday? Will they get saved? Single people also are concerned about their families, but they have less worries. Now, did you notice what Paul calls the never married in verse 25? Betrothed in the ESV and the NIV uses the term virgins. That's God's ideal which we all know is very counter to our culture today. Moral purity was the expectation then and the expectation of God now for Christians. A celibate lifestyle as an unmarried person is the expectation of Scripture. Hebrews 13:4. Let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. In verse 26, he tells them to remain in their current state, whether married or single, due to the present distress that we talked about. Not that marriage is bad. It's just harder in hard times. And Paul says, clearly, don't seek a divorce in the current distress. Stay married. A second advantage that single people have is less troubles. Less troubles. Verse 28, you will have Worldly troubles, Paul says, can I get an amen? Amen. Nothing wrong with marriage. I love it personally. But you will have troubles. If you don't believe me, just ask the married person. Marriage is great. Don't misunderstand. It can just be hard. Do you have some problems as a single person? Well, you're going to have twice as many if you're married. And if you have kids, you're going to multiply those worries, concerns, and problems. Paul says, I would spare you of that. Some single people think, if only I could get out of my house. I just hate it in my home. If I could just meet someone and get married and escape the problems of my household. What a silly notion. You're not going to escape the problems of your household. You're only going to increase them. But they look so happy. You can look happy and not be happy. We're all pretty good pretenders. Singles have less troubles. Married people have more, more responsibilities, more stress, more financial arguments, less time alone, bound for life. Third advantage for the single person, less distractions. 
Less distractions. We see that in verses 29 through 35. So they can have more devotion to God. Paul says in verse 35, undivided devotion to the Lord. That's the ideal. That's the goal. Married people have to focus on their family, the things of this world. I mean, they have to. Their focus is on the now. They have to work because they have to buy braces and bikes and everything else. Now, I know plenty of married people who are very focused on God, but the potential is greater for the single person. They have more time, less distractions. Paul says the appointed time has grown short. Perhaps he's thinking of the second coming and he's encouraging them and admonishing them. Live as though Christ is coming back tomorrow or very soon. That will keep you eternity minded and God minded. Married people, when you die, your marriage dies. It's over at death. It says in Romans 7, 2, For the married woman is bound by law to her husband while he lives. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage. You won't be married the same way you are now in heaven. Matthew twenty two thirty. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage but are like the angels in heaven. It doesn't say they become angels. They're like the angels who don't marry. It's different in heaven. Now, I always had this picture in my mind that Kathy and I will still be married in heaven. And we'll have this little house somewhere, you know, off the main golden street, and we'll live there happily ever after. I don't know if we will or not. The Bible doesn't say. But marriage is going to be different in heaven because marriage is for earth. But if I'm really focused on God and eternity, then I'm going to live differently here. Marriage, money, possessions, they all end. Relationship with Jesus doesn't. A single person doesn't have all the distractions that the married does. If you are single today and worried about getting married, you're missing God's bigger plan. His eternal purpose, which is bigger than marriage. I encourage you, don't waste your time worrying. Don't think so shallow. Be spiritually minded and God will fulfill you. God can satisfy you more than any person ever could. Singles, be devoted to God. God has you single at this time of your life for a reason. So you can focus on him. Look at Jesus, how single mindedly he was pursuing God. Don't get distracted. Leave distractions for all the married people. Enjoy your freedom to pursue Christ. Use this life to get to know him better. Look, if you're not going to be married for 10 years or more and and no one has a crystal ball and knows the future exactly, why not do something great for God? Something that you could not easily do if you were married, like maybe go on the mission field. Or serve God with your gifts in the inner city somewhere. I mean, go wild for God. Be a Christian barbarian. Take the kingdom by force. It'll be harder to do that once you're married. Now let me give you two commands for people who want to be married. Command number one, wait on the Lord. All right, I'm waiting on the Lord. Go on to number two. 
No, you're not waiting on the Lord. You've been waiting on a person. And so you've been marking time and it's dragging on. The biggest mistake you could make is to marry the wrong person. I always think about this young lady in Canton who was 18 when she got married to my former roommate who was 22. Months later, they were divorced. And so I sought her out and I asked her, what happened? And she said all along she knew it was wrong, that she shouldn't marry him. But she married him because she already sent out the invitations. The day that they married, there was a terrible storm. They got to the reception hall and it was flooded. She said, I took that as a sign that God didn't want us to be married. Now, could it have worked out? Probably. But they didn't work it out. Are you waiting on God or are you waiting on a person? How did Adam get his wife? He took a nap and woke up married. God brought Eve to him. It's that easy, folks. Let God be your matchmaker. I know for a while I was really trying hard to find somebody and just messing everything up. Then I stopped looking. And I just said, I'm going to focus on God. And I did. And that's when God brought Kathy into my life. I was focused on God. Not finding someone. American dating, it's really trying out lots of different people. You know, like auditioning people. Our youngest son stopped dating entirely and just did fun things in groups. And a friend in that group became his wife. So keep your antenna up, but let God bring him or her your way. Dating apps, they can work, I guess. I'm just not a big fan. In Genesis 24, we have the story of Isaac and Rebekah, how they met. Abraham's servant went to look for a wife for Isaac. And let's read a little of that story. Then Rebekah and her young women arose and rode on the camels and followed the man. Thus the servant took Rebekah and went his way. Now Isaac had returned from Beer Lahoi Roy and was dwelling in the Negeb. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field toward evening. And he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, there were camels coming. And Rebekah lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she dismounted from the camel and said to the servant, Who is that man walking in the field to meet us? The servant said, It is my master. So she took her veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. Then Isaac brought her into the tent of Sarah, his mother, and took Rebekah. And she became his wife, and he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. God brought Ruth and Boaz together. And Boaz was rich. You see, it pays to wait. Second command, wed in the Lord, wed in the Lord. We see that in verse 39 of chapter 7, 1 Corinthians. Marriage is for life. Don't get out of it. It's too easy to get out of it. It's meant to be permanent. But he snores. You're in it for life. 
She nags for life, baby. Don't get married if you want an easy life. Do yourself a favor. Marry another Christian. Only another person who's born again like you. But he's so nice. He's a nice non-Christian. But she's so pretty. She's a pretty non-Christian. Can you go two directions at the same time? Nope. It won't work well. It'll be harder. We read about Joseph in Genesis 37 through 50. Great story. Throughout Joseph's life, it says the Lord was with him as a single person. He was successful, handsome. You don't have to look bad. He had a good body. Believe it or not, the Bible says that. Genesis 39, 6. So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge. And became of him and because of him. He had no concern about anything but the food he ate. Now, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And so this man, Potiphar, his wife, desired him. He knew that would be a sin. And so he resisted her advances and maintained his purity. He waited on God. But I'm a man. You're a Christian man. I have desires. Take a cold shower. Make good choices. It's hard, but it's possible to remain pure as a single person. Wait for your wife. Don't ruin somebody else's wife. Joseph ended up in jail. Falsely accused by this woman. But you know what the Bible says? The Lord was with him. He got out of jail 13 years later. At age 30, he became vice president of Egypt. And married into royalty at 30, when at 17 he could have ran off with Potiphar's wife. Wait on the Lord. It can be tough to be single. Be all you can be now. To find the right person, be the right person. Counselors make a good living telling people you can't change your spouse or anybody else. You can only change yourself. So work on you during this time. Be the best person that you can be. That'll be $100, please. Isaiah 62, 5 says, For as a young man marries a young woman, so shall your sons marry you. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. In Ephesians 5.27, it's even more pointed. So that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Whether you are single this morning or married, you're going to be a bride someday. If you're a Christian, that is. Spiritually married to Jesus, God is going to present us to his son as a bride someday. Now, I used to struggle a little bit with that concept. It was hard to think of myself as a bride. I don't struggle with it at all now. I know I'm going to look great in white linen. You can have an intimate relationship with Jesus right now. Be fulfilled in him as much as you want to be. And know that you're going to be married to him someday for all eternity. Let me close with what somebody wrote, and I don't have the author's name here. And it was the words of God 
to a single person who is going to be married. Everyone longs to give themselves completely to someone, to have a deep soul relationship with another, to be loved thoroughly and exclusively. But God, to a Christian, says, no, not until you are satisfied, fulfilled and content with being loved by me alone, discovering that only in me is your satisfaction to be found. Will you be capable of the perfect human relationship that I have planned for you? You will never be united with another until you are united with me, exclusive of anyone or anything else, exclusive of any other desires or longings. I want you to stop planning, stop wishing, and allow me to give you the most thrilling plan existing, one that you cannot imagine. I want you to have the best Please allow me to bring it to you. You just keep watching me, expecting the greatest things. Keep experiencing the satisfaction that I am. Keep listening and learning the things I tell you. You just wait, that's all. Don't be anxious. Don't worry. Don't look at the things you think you want. You just keep looking off and away up to me. Or you'll miss what I want to show you. And then when you're ready, I'll surprise you with a love far more wonderful than any you would dream of. You see, until you're ready and until the one I have for you is ready, I am working even this moment to have both of you ready at the same time. Until you are both satisfied exclusively with me and the life I prepared for you, you won't be able to experience a love that exemplifies your relationship with me And this is the perfect love. And dear one, I want you to have this most wonderful love. I want you to see in the flesh a picture of your relationship with me and to enjoy materially and concretely the everlasting union of beauty, perfection and love that I offer you with myself. Know that I love you utterly. Believe it and be satisfied. That's the marital love that God can give. But the highest love is with him alone. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that these words from your scripture would be helpful to someone for whom this applies today. Bless our singles, Lord. Minister to them. Help them to realize that where they are is right where you have them at this time. That may change. It may not. But they always have you. You are that permanency in their life, that strong foundation. They'll never lose, for you'll never leave them or forsake them. Oh, Lord, help us go deeper in you, all of us here today, to realize we're the bride of Christ. And we're waiting to be married to our perfect Mate Jesus. In his name I pray. Amen. Let's stand.